ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له اشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله صلوات الله وسلامه عليه اما بعد يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارham ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله واحسن الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار ثم اما بعد الحمد لله Alhamdulillah ala ni'matil Islam wa sunnah All praise and thanks belong to Allah for guiding us to Islam and for guiding us to the sunnah Hadathani jama'atun min al-shuyukh bi isnad kullin ila Sufyan bin Uyayna an Amr bin Dinar an Abi Qabus mawla Abdullah bin Amr an Abdullah bin Amr bin Aws radiyallahu ta'ala anhuma qal سمعت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول الرحمون يرحمهم الرحمن ارحموا من في الارض يرحمكم من في السماء the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam he said in this tremendous hadith that those who are merciful they will be shown mercy by the most merciful be merciful and show mercy to those who are in the earth and the one who is above the heavens he will show you mercy qala al ulama the ulama they say and this is a hadith that is a hadith that is musalsal bil awwaliyah it is a hadith that the great imams of hadith many of them they would utilize this hadith as the very first hadith they would transmit to their students so there are many from the ulama of the past who will say hadathani fulan so and so narrated unto me this hadith wa huwa awwal hadith sami'tuhu minhu and it was the first hadith that i heard from him or learned from him the ulama they explain some wisdom behind this and that is because as the ulama they say dhalika bi anna al-ilm rahma that is because knowledge is mercy natijatuhu rahma fi dunya its result the result of knowledge is mercy in this world wagayatuhu rahma fil akhirah and the ultimate goal of knowledge is mercy in the hereafter to attain mercy in the hereafter we 
continue going over the tremendous book by the Imam Imam Al-Nawawi Rahimahullah Ta'ala in looking at and reflecting over his collection of 40 hadith we are still reflecting over and going over the 29th hadith the 29th hadith and this is the hadith that is on the authority of Mu'adh bin Jabal radiallahu ta'ala anhu and in this hadith as we took in the last class Mu'adh radiallahu ta'ala anhu he asked a tremendous question he asked a very tremendous and awesome question Mu'adh he said Qultu, I said Ya Rasulullah O Messenger of Allah Akhbirni Bi'amalin Yudikhiruni Jannah Inform me about an action that will enter me into Jannah Wa yuba'iduni aninnar And an action that will remove me and make me far removed from the hellfire This is the portion that we went over in the last class the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam upon being asked this question the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he said لَقَدْ سَأَلْتَ عَنْ عَظِيمٌ He said you have asked about a tremendous affair this question that you have asked this is a awesome question a tremendous question this is a question that is linked to a great affair and then the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he said and by that, as inshallah ta'ala, we're going to come to see by the Prophet وسلم, saying that you have asked about a tremendous affair. This is an indication that what you have asked about is not a small thing, but it is a very tall task. What you have asked about, it is a task that is tremendous, it's heavy, it's hard, and it's difficult. Now, because remember, he's asking, inform me of an action that if I do it, will enter me into Jannah. And will remove me from the fire. That's a great thing now. Because the Jannah, Nam, the Jannah is extremely precious. The most precious pursuit, Nam, in, the, in terms of if we want to hear, for example, a house in this world, houses are expensive, very expensive. Naam, play. If we want a house in the hereafter, they're very expensive. We have to work hard for them. If we want castles in the hereafter, we have to work hard for them. Naam, we want these lofty abodes in the hereafter, we have to work hard for them. They're not cheap. They're not cheap. But they are extremely valuable. They're extremely valuable. Right? So, this is what is being asked about. Because everything that an individual will be looking for, you will find it in the pursuit of Jannah. Because the ultimate, the ultimate, right, is that we earn the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that He loves us. Naam? Because for those whom have earned the pleasure of Allah and that Allah loves them, these will be the, in, uh, the inhabitants of Jannah. 
they will be those who occupy the Jannah. So to do that, which will earn you the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is something that is a great task. It's a great task. Naam. And to escape the hellfire. Everything that a person is running away from, the epitome of that is going to the hellfire. Naam. The epitome of that is going to the hellfire. So, having this victory and this success in escaping the hellfire, this is a very tall task. This is no light affair. This is a great affair. So, with that being the case then, Naam. There's going to be some levels and some degrees of difficulty in the attainment of these lofty goals of entering into Jannah and escaping the fire. So when the Prophet وسلم, he said, لَقَدْ سَأَلْتَ عَنْ عَظِيمٌ You've asked about a great affair. An individual will understand from this. You've asked about that which is difficult. It has in it difficulty. It is not an easy thing. It is not that which is easily attained. Naam. And then the Prophet وسلم, he gave us glad tidings and it also it, 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 it centers us and it balances us and it shapes our perspective, right? Is that the Prophet وسلم, he said, وَإِنَّهُ لَيَسِيرٌ عَلَى مَنْ يَسَّرُهُ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى عَلَيْهِ He said in that verily, it is easy Upon who? It is easy upon the one who Allah, the Most High, makes it easy for them. Naam. That it is easy. It is easy upon the one whom Allah makes it easy for them. And this is why I say this centers us and it shapes our perspective. Because we always have to beg Allah for success. We have to beg Allah to grant us the success in knowing what to do and how to do it and this and the success in doing it and the success in remaining consistent upon it. All of this is unattainable except with the tawfiq of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So no matter how well bodied we are, no matter how strong we deem our will, no matter how strong we consider our muscles and our ability, naam, without the tawfiq from Allah, without the success from Allah, we will never be able to attain it. Never. Allah kan, wa ma lam yasha lam yakun. Whatever Allah wills is, and whatever He does not will, that it will not happen. Naam. So with that, the believer constantly relies upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this is while they are taking the means they take the means meaning they walk the path that is needed to the attainment of said goal right so if it is for example um, having a successful harvest now so we, the human beings you have to do everything in their ability from planting the seeds from fertilizing the land, from tilling the soil, so on and so forth. They have to do their due diligence. They have to put forward the work. However, they know that what? That there will be no harvest, let alone a successful harvest, without the success from Allah, without Allah granting us success. 
Naam. Because if Allah grants us success, then the rains they will fall, then everything that is needed from the nutri from the uh, nutrients inside of the soil and so on and so forth, Naam. All of this, everything will fall into place, we'll have a great harvest, a, a, a successful harvest. Bye. The permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala By the bounty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala The tawfiq is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Naam So we rely upon Allah While we take the means For said cause We don't rely on the means Because we know Just because we plant the seed Doesn't mean it's going to grow Just because we till the soil And we plant the seeds And we do everything we're supposed to do We fertilize and, 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 and to the end of it That doesn't mean it's going to grow but we have to take the means because Allah Ta'ala commanded us to take the means. Naam. So this keeps the believer balanced, knowing that what we are after is a great affair. So we have to connect ourselves to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala if we want to be successful. Because all success, all success, the little success, the medium-sized success, the big success, all the success is in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he grants it to whom he pleases. Naam. So we have to always keep this in mind. This is very important. And I say this because there are many concepts that sometimes become disconnected. We know them, but they are disconnected from our day-to-day -day life. Okay? So when it comes to the guidance, like we heard in Khubat al-Hajjah, whoever Allah guides... There is none that can lead them astray. Whoever Allah allows to go astray and misguides, there is no one that can guide them. So guidance is what? Is in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Guidance, meaning the guidance of accepting the guidance and uh, acting upon the guidance and so on and so forth. This is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As they say, you can bring a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. How does this apply to us? Right, and in our day-to-day -day lives, there are many examples where this fits into. But I'll bring a common one up, uh, that I think everyone could understand. That is, as relates to marriage and looking for a spouse. Right, as relates to marriage and looking for a spouse, and there are other things that you know, a person could, you know, extrapolate from that and also see uh, its connection of the affairs. However. When it comes to looking for a spouse, how often is it the case that people believe that, inshallah, I will give prospective spouse da'wah, I will teach them, and then they're going to become good, right? How many times do people think this? I'm going to give the prospective spouse da'wah, I'm going to teach them, and inshallah, they'll be good. And they take a chance on like this. They take a chance. They take a chance on that marriage. And a lot of times, those marriages end in divorce. Because it doesn't quite work out the way the individual imagined and envisioned that it would have worked out. And Allahu a'la wa a'la. Allah knows best. But their failure in failing to understand this essential fact that whoever Allah guides, that's the one that is guiding. Right? We take the means, but the tawfiq is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You can give a person da'wah. That doesn't mean they're going to accept Islam. You did all the footwork. 
You tried hard. You gave them a, a copy of the Mus'haf. You gave them you know, lectures. You spoke to them. You tried to you know, educate them as much as you possibly can. You answered their questions and so on and so forth. And at the end of all of that gathering of information, they don't accept Islam. Why? Because we don't guide people to Islam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guides people to Islam and to accept Islam. Naam? And this is a concept that we listen to. We say, yeah, we, we, we understand that. Naam, the tawfiq is from Allah. We say the tawfiq is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Naam? But we understand that. But yet when it comes to these, this potential spouse and prospective spouse, we say, oh no, I'm going to give down. It's going to turn out right. But no, the tawfiq is from Allah. If Allah doesn't grant that person tawfiq, they're not going to become upright. It's not going to happen. Yeah? It's not going to happen. This is just an example as relates to the disconnection. And us saying, yes, the tawfiq is from Allah. It's going to be easy only on those whom Allah makes it easy for, so on and so forth. We understand that concept. But unfortunately, when it comes to the application, it, there's a disconnection. We don't, we don't quite get it. We don't understand. Right? Um, so on and so forth. So the point is, is that, is that this is a reminder to us that if we want anything from success, then we have to what? We have to strive. We have to strive to connect ourselves unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to do what is correct. Now, I'll give you another example which illustrates a disconnection between this, this principle that all of the success is in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he gives it to whom he pleases and there is no success without the tawfiq of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There is no success without the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala where many human beings fail as relates to applying this truth and this reality is in relation to getting out of a bad situation. A person is in a bad situation. A calamity has struck him. Right? They have lost their job, for example. In order to gain true success and to get out of this situation, we have to constantly remember our connection to our Lord. Meaning what? Just because a calamity strikes us now, if we truly want to be successful, then this will be the time that we worship Allah more adamantly. This will be the time that we are more obedient unto Allah. Now, meaning from the sense that we understand that we are in a situation where we cannot afford any hindrances we can't afford it right there is never a time to disobey Allah there is never a time to disobey Allah but when the calamity strikes this is definitely not the time to disobey Allah because reflect on it you want success and the one whom they the success is in their hands you in turn seek that success by disobeying them? That doesn't make sense. You want the success from Allah and you seek out trying to get the success from Allah by disobeying Allah? Doesn't make sense, right? So the time to, 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 to make sure that you really are supplicating 
and that you really are praying more voluntary prayers is what? Is when a calamity strikes. When a calamity strikes, this is not the time to say, I'm not going to pray now. Pray didn't do anything for me. Pray didn't, prayer didn't get me anywhere. Do you understand? When a person starts talking like that, that person has, they, they have lost. They have failed. Their calamity has now been increased with another calamity. Now, this is the time we have to do what is correct and strive to continue on doing what is correct and reflecting, re reflecting that perhaps this calamity that has befallen me, the ni'mah, the bounty that was taken away from me was due to my disobedience. Naam was due to my disobedience. You see, Khupa Tahaja is a class within within itself. But inside of Khupa Tahaja, what do we say? We seek refuge in Allah from the bad consequences, from the evil repercussions and ramifications of our evil deeds. Because evil deeds have bad consequences. Evil deeds have evil repercussions. A person does something evil, and because you have done that thing evil, Allah may take a blessing away from you. Because you have done that evil, Allah may test you with a calamity, put a calamity upon you. Now, as a result of what your own hands have put forward. So when we, when we, you know, because we acknowledge these basic concepts and these truths, we acknowledge them when we hear them, we say, yes, that is the truth. Now, but then when it comes to applying them in our life, like, for example, when a person loses their job and so on and so forth, then they start thinking, well, you know what? I need to disobey Allah to get a job. So the woman says, I need a job. Okay? I need to take this khimar off. I can't get a job covered. The man says, I need a job. I have to look, quote, unquote, presentable. So then they, they shave off their beards. SubhanAllah, that's not what presentable looks like, first and foremost. Okay? In any event, the attainment of said job is not through disobedience. Because even if you get it, you still lost. Right? Even if you hit the target, you still lost. Why? Because it's a test from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah is testing you to see. When he gives you that good, Allah tests you to see are you going to be thankful. When Allah puts you through a difficulty, it's a test to see. Are you going to be patient or not? If you show that you're not going to be patient, if you show that you're, you're, you're not going to be thankful, this is the proof now established against you because Allah already knows those who are patient and those who are not patient. Allah already knows those who are thankful and those who are ungrateful. Allah already knows this. But all of this now is written in your scroll, in your record, either for or against you, on the day of judgment. So for those whom it is against. They can't come now on the day of judgment and say. I didn't get a chance. I would have been patient. They can't say that. You would not have been patient. Where's the proof? It's right there in your scroll. You were tested. And you weren't patient. You were given. And you were not thankful. So the proof is now established against them. We have to apply. These affairs across the board. Now that we know that these successes from Allah, if anything is difficult, we ask Allah to make it easy for us. Because everything is easy for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, so if it's difficult, we ask Allah to make it easy for us. A person is struggling to memorize the Quran, don't say, oh, the Quran is too hard, I can't do it. Right? 
If you say that, you believe that, okay, you can. You, you already talk yourself out of it. If it's difficult, ask Allah. Oh, Allah, make it easy for me. Because the reality of it is, is that what? You will not memorize it except by the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's all in Allah's hands. So beg Allah to make it easy for you. Whatever it is you're struggling with, beg Allah to make it easy for you. Whatever it is you're trying to get away from, ask Allah, oh Allah, save me from the evil of such and such. Oh Allah, save me from the evil of myself. Now, those who are dealing with uh, sins that they are, you know, um, you know uh, uh, trialed by, right? Uh, one of the greatest means of escape is by what? Is by asking Allah, oh Allah, save me from the evil of myself. Oh Allah, save me from the evil of myself. Ma'am. So asking Allah and begging Allah is essential. So the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he laid out this principle for us that Bidnilahi Ta'ala, we have to apply in every aspect of our life if we are in fact and indeed seeking success and are seekers of success. The Fadilat al-Shaykh al-Alama Al-Muhaddith al-Madina, Muhaddith al-Madina, Shaykh Abdul Muhsin al-Abad al-Badr, he comments upon the statement of the Prophet that you have asked about a, a, a great matter, and that verily it is easy for those whom Allah, the Most High, has made it easy for. He says, Fihi bayan he said, in this, there is a clear explanation, clearly shown and illustrated the importance and the gravity of this question. And the importance of this question. And it also is an encouragement to, to ask more questions like this. Seek out more things like this. Um, what are those things that I can do to take me to the Jannah? What are those things that I can do that will remove me from the fire? These are pursuits that are very important and these are questions that we, uh, we have to ask. These are the type of questions and these are the type of pursuits that we should engage uh, ourselves in and spend time in. What are some, things, some, what are some new things I can learn that will help me go to Jannah? What are some new things I can learn that will remove me uh, from the fire so that we can do them? The Shaykh says, يعني حيث وصف الرسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم المسؤول عنه فيه بأنه عظيم And that encouragement and that which shows us and illustrates the, the gravity of this question and how important this question is is the fact that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم he described the affair as being great. That this is a great and tremendous affair. But along with its along with its gravity and along with and along with the difficulty that may be contained therein بما يبين سهولته سهولته نعم ويصره على من يسره الله عليه. He says after indicating that there is some difficulty potentially in the likes of these affairs, 
the Prophet وسلم, he clearly illustrated and he clearly explained and showed the easiness that is contained inside this affair. And that is, is that it is an affair that is easy upon those whom Allah Ta'ala makes it easy upon them. And this is an indication that the Muslim, they have to be patient upon righteousness. They have to be patient upon acts of obedience. Even if these acts of obedience, the souls find in them a degree of difficulty. Even if the souls find in them a degree of difficulty. Every individual is different. Um, there's some actions that from the uh, natural inclinations of that particular individual, these things will be easy for them. There's certain things that these things will be easy for them. Then there are other things that on an individual level, uh, they will require a degree of effort that maybe someone else it doesn't require from them. So everyone will have those things that they find naturally easy and those things that they will find naturally some difficulty in them. Now, whatever you as an individual find some difficulty in, a degree of difficulty in, you have to make your soul patient upon the righteousness even though there is in it some difficulty. Now, so as we know, for example, after just um, after after just uh, finishing the month of Ramadan, we know that fasting has in it a degree of difficulty. Fasting has in it a degree of difficulty. It requires patience. Now, so that degree and level of difficulty does not then become an excuse so as to not to fast. Now, like there was an individual when I was younger. There was an individual who said, uh, I can't fast in Ramadan. Now, so we asked him, why? Thinking perhaps there was some sickness, some ailment, some you know, perpetual uh, uh, um, condition that they had that didn't allow them to fast. And the, the, the response was, um, because I, 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 I get hungry and I get hunger pains and it hurts. So because of that, I can't fast. Of course, this is not accepted. Everyone gets hunger pains. Everyone, they, they experience the pains of hunger and they experience some, yani, um, the anguish of thirst when they're fasting. This is a part of fasting. This is a part of being patient. Right? But he didn't yani, make his soul patient upon the righteousness and he used it as an excuse to not to do it. But this is not from the way of the believers. The way of the believers is that what? Is that we... Struggle through the difficulty. That we struggle through the difficulty. And we make our souls patient upon the difficulty. And from the benefits of doing that, is that what? Is that then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He makes it easy for you. So all of us, we can, we, can, we can say that yes, there are times, there are moments when we fast, where we may have moments where it's difficult. We may have moments during the day where you feel a sense of extreme thirst. You may have moments during the day where your stomach is rumbling and you feel the pains of hunger. But at the same time, honestly speaking, everyone could say 
But there comes a time after that where you don't feel that anymore. You don't feel thirsty. You don't feel hungry. You don't even sense at times like you're fasting. Because Allah Ta'ala, what He makes it easy upon those whom He makes it easy upon. So even in things that have in it some level and degree of difficulty, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes it easy upon the believers. Naam. However, there are always going to be times where what we are tested with a difficulty. So it gives you the opportunity to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by being patient upon righteousness. Naam. By being patient upon righteousness. So this is also something that we need to remember. That with difficulty, there comes ease, there comes relief. Naam. That which you may find some difficulty in, it is not something that is what is consistent throughout the whole of that particular affair or that particular act of worship um, that uh, you experience that level and degree of difficulty. For example, a person getting up to, to, for Fajr, naam, when he first gets up, he's, he's very you know, groggy, he's lazy, still has the knots, right? That the shaitan, he ties upon the human being. But when he remembers Allah, then a knot, it comes off. When he makes wudu, a knot, it, it, uh, it gets untied. When he prays, a knot, it gets untied. So on and so forth. Now, so however tired you are, when you are first stepping foot out of your bed, right? And you say, oh, this is rough. I'm tired right now. I'm tired today. The point is, is that by the time you finish praying Fajr, nah, by the time you finish praying Fajr, do you, are you still experiencing that same level and degree of tiredness? No, it's gone. Now you're up, fully up. Now, and, and in that, there is a lesson for those who reflect. The Shaykh he mentions, he says, We have to make our souls patient upon those acts of obedience that have in it a level and degree of difficulty. Because the end result of patience is praiseworthy. The end result of patience, it is praiseworthy. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He said, and in this is the methodology. In this lies the methodology of dealing with every difficult situation. Naam. This is the prescription and the remedy and the method to deal with every difficult situation. Allah Ta'ala, He says, And whoever fears Allah, whoever fears Allah, so you're going through a difficulty, you're going through something that is rough, you're going through something that is tough, what do you require? You require a taqwa to fear Allah. By doing that which Allah has commanded you to do, and by staying away from that which Allah has commanded you to stay away from. Allah Ta'ala, He says, Naam. So anybody going through a travesty, anybody going through a, a, a rough time in their life, so on and so forth, this is the prescription for your, for your way out, is that you have to fear Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Anyone going through something in their life that has any difficulty, and you're looking for ease and relief, then this is your, the, the remedy, this is your prescription, this is how you get out of that situation and find ease and relief by fearing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah ta'ala, He says, Whoever fears Allah, 
Allah will make for him their affair easy. Whoever fears Allah, Allah will make for them their affair easy. Now, so if we if we go and do something that is hard, and we want and we're looking for ease, we're in a situation and it feels dhiq, it feels restricted, and we're looking for ease, we're looking for some relief. How do you get it? By fearing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah ta'ala says, He says, Then whoever fears Allah, Allah will make for them a way out. You're in a situation, right? You're in a, you're, you're in a jam, as they say. You're in, a, you're in a rough situation. You're looking for a way out. How do I, how do I escape this? How do, I, how do I get past this situation? How do I get out of this bad situation? How do I get out of this rut? Right? You have to fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Naam? Allah ta'ala, he says, Whoever fears Allah, Allah will make for them a way out. Allah will make for you a way out. You're in a situation, Allah will make for you a way out. Naam? And even though you're in the situation, and you're taking the means, and, 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 and you're taking the asbab, because what enters into fearing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that you're taking the means to get out that situation. You're taking the means to get out of that difficulty. But even with that, what? Allah ta'ala he says, وَيَرْزُقُهُ مِنْ حَيْثُ لَا يَحْتَسِبُ And we will, and they, and it, that whoever fears Allah, Allah will make for them a way out and provide for them from ways in which they did not consider provide for them from ways in which they did not think about they did not anticipate they did not consider them they get provided in ways in which as 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 they say they did not see it coming naam this is the reward for who for those who fear allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so if you want to go to the Jannah, then you can't say, oh, it's too hard. Because you have from the Kuffar, those whom the Shaytan, he has uh, deceived them and tricked them and, 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 and gained victory over them, who say, living a good life and being righteous is too hard. So I'm just going to be evil. Going to heaven is too hard. I've just reserved myself to the fact that I guess I have to go to hell. Now, you have from the Kuffar, those who say that, because, I mean, no one with a right brain will say something like this. No one who really utilizes their intellect will ever yeah, uh, uh, reserve themselves to the fact that, okay, I guess I just have to go to hell. No way. That doesn't even make sense. Right? But this is to the manner and to the degree and way that the shaitan, he tricks people. Muslims, alhamdulillah, they may not be that yeah, uh, uh, far down the rabbit's hole, as they say. However, unfortunately... You still see something from this amongst them. How many of the sisters don't cover? They say, I know I should cover. I know covering is wajib upon me. But I'm so weak. So I'm just, you know, I'm just not going to cover. I'm weak. I'm not, you know. It, does, it makes no sense for me. Because see, when a person says, I'm weak, what are they saying? There's no sense in me trying. I'm too weak. Right? They're saying there's no sense in me trying. That's like if you come to, I put, in a, in a, I put that same... Uh, sentence in another context And it may, may, may make more sense If you come to me and you say uh, Brother Sadiq, can you flip my car for me? I don't know why you would ask me to do that Let's say Someone said Can you flip over my car? 
What would be my response? Nah, I'm too weak. I can't flip your car. Can't do it. Car weight, you know, <laughs> I don't know how many pounds. I can't, I can't lift your car up and flip it. I'm too weak. I can't do it. So what am I saying? Is I'm saying that I'm too weak. I can't. I'm giving you the justification why I'm not even going to try. I'm looking at your car. See, you got a big truck. Right? I can't flip that. I'm not even going to walk over there and try and attempt. So I can't. Right? So when these sisters say things like, I know I should cover, but I'm just too weak. I'm too scared of the kufar. I'm scared people may say something to me. Maybe I'm scared of my parents because you have some, uh, some, some, some diseased, evil-hearted Muslims who will beat their children, will beat their daughters if they cover, will discourage their daughters from covering. They may say, I'm weak, you know, I can't take the ridicule from my husband because you have some, some effeminate men who like to parade their wives around. They have no shyness. They have no jealousy over them. They are just pathetic examples of men. And they encourage their wives to go out covered. And if the woman comes home covered, they threaten her with divorce. Oh, what is this? I married you because you didn't cover. If you covered, I wouldn't have married you. I ain't want a woman that cover. What you doing? Subhanallah. Subhanallah. Some evil men is like that. But at the end of the day, remember, right? When we, if you want to go to Jannah, right? We have to strengthen our relationship with who? With Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because we're only going to be able to get it if Allah gives us the success in doing it. We will only be successful if Allah grants us success. It will only be made easy for us if Allah makes it easy for us. We will only get the success in, 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 in being shown it, in doing it, and remaining consistent upon it if Allah grants us with those levels of success. So with that being the case, we have to constantly connect ourselves to who? To Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because in reality, nothing else matters. You with me? In reality, nothing else matters. If Allah loves you, does it really matter who hates you? I want you to think about that. If Allah loves you, does it matter who hates you? If Allah is pleased with you, does it matter those who are not pleased with you? But now on the flip side, if Allah hates you, does it matter those who love you? You come on a day of judgment in your lifetime, you are beloved amongst the people of the earth. Now you meet your Lord, he hates you. All the love the people of the earth had for you, what does that do for you now on the day of judgment? Nothing. Allah is angry with you. The people were pleased with you. What does their pleasure help you now? Nothing. Now, so that evil husband or those evil parents who were pleased with disobedience, pleasing them, what does that avail you when you have displeased your Lord? Subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is how the believer, yani, they look at things in a more grand scheme of things, right? It's not just the right here, right now, but they look at the ramifications, look at the greater scope, the greater scheme. They look at the fact that they're going to stand in front of their Lord and have to answer for what they did in this life. Now, do you want to come back to your Lord and say, oh, I disobeyed you because I was trying to make the human beings happy? No, nah, that, that doesn't sound like a, a plan that's going to lend to any type of success. These concepts that we connect back to would give an individual the strength 
will give and envision the strength to push on and to do what is pleasing and to try. And when they fall down and fail, get up and try again. Because you're going to fall down. You're going to fail. You're not always going to do what's right. You're not always going to hit the mark. Sometimes you, your aim is going to be well off. Do you give up? No, you just try again. Sometimes you're going to run and fall on your face. If you ran and fell on your face, right? I mean literally. If you literally ran down the street and you fell on your face, will you just give up on running and say, you know what, man, forget it. I'm not going to even try to walk no more. I'm just going to lay here for the rest of my life. Does anyone do that? Huh? No, because what do you say? It makes no sense. What are you just laying there for? Get up. Keep trying. Keep moving forward. Doesn't make any sense. Okay, likewise. Which we, we're striving to go to Jannah. You missed the mark. You didn't do what you're supposed to do. Okay. Repent unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ask Allah to forgive you and try again. Keep trying. You're still alive. It's not over. Keep trying. Keep trying. You, you did some sins. You did some things that you knew you shouldn't have been doing. Now afterwards you feel bad about it and you reflect and subhanAllah, I shouldn't have done that. Okay, don't give up now and say, well, I'm just going to stick with this sin now since I, I, you know, I felt uh, weak and I felt victim to it. So I'm just going to keep doing it then. No, stop. Stop doing it. Fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ask Allah to forgive you and keep trying to do what is right and to stay away from what is wrong. That is what we have to do. Keep trying, keep trying, keep trying. Because the same way it makes no sense that you, fall, you run down the street, you fall on your face and you say, I'm going to lay here for the rest of my life. That's it. This is where I live at right now. In this, cur this curb right here, in this, in this ditch, I'm going to live here for the rest of my days. You're going to say that makes no sense. What makes even more so no sense is that you give up on striving to go to Jannah. Out of everything, that is the most nonsensical thing a Muslim or any human being could do. Is to give up on striving to go to Jannah. Now, so for those sisters out there who... They don't cover and they say, oh, I'm too weak. For those brothers out there who are shaving their beards and they say, oh, I'm too weak. For those individuals out there who are not steady on their prayers and they say, oh, I'm too weak. I'm so busy, so on and so forth. Your excuses are not acceptable. We don't accept your excuses. Don't accept your excuses. But rather, we encourage you by saying, try harder. Keep trying. Ask Allah. Beg Allah. Allah will make it easy for you if you are sincere. And you will find it easy, inshallah ta'ala. Keep trying and don't let the shaitan deceive you. Do not let this world deceive you. The Prophet wasallam. so as to draw the, the, the point home for those individuals who are struggling with their religion, they're struggling with their practice of their religion, they say, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. Right? I don't want any I don't want to give anyone the impression that it doesn't require effort, right? I don't want to give anyone that impression. Doing what's right at times is real hard. Allah Ta'ala makes it easy for you, sometimes it's easy. Right? But then sometimes there's some things that yo, you gotta struggle. It's, it's difficult. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he explained this to us about these levels and degrees of difficulty as it comes in the hadith of in Al Bukhari and Muslim. It's not it's not going to be always easy and we're not going to give false um, expectations and by saying that it is it's not it's going to be difficult sometimes it's going to be really difficult 
Other times, you won't f- see it as difficult. But it's still, it requires effort. Now, it's not effortless. It's not an effortless task. It requires effort. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam he says that it's coming a hadith that is mutafiqun alayh, al jannah bil makarih. That jannah is surrounded by things that typically are not liked. It's surrounded by things that are hard. It's surrounded by things that are difficult. It's surrounded by things that if given the choice, you would not have chosen that. Do you understand? Ma'am, do you understand? If an individual had to choose it their way, there are going to be certain things that are required for you to do that you may not have chosen for yourself. That makes sense? It's difficult. It requires effort. And what's surrounded by that? Jannah. Jannah. Surrounded by what? Sacrifice. From the sacrificing of your wealth, sacrificing of your time, sacrificing of your energy, of your efforts, sacrificing of yourself. It requires what? Sacrifice. And <coughs> it requires sacrifice. So in that, there's going to be a level of difficulty. And the fire is surrounded by what? By desires. Things that what? If given the choice, these are things you might choose to do. Pleasurable things. Pleasurable things. Shahawat. Right? This dunya is, 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 is playing amusement. Playing in amusement. Partying. This is, people say it's fun. But does that get you anywhere? That you club hop? That you're in the clubs? Does that gain you anything? It might gain you some cirrhosis of your liver and some STDs and, you know, some debt. But does it get you anything good? No. Because that's the road leads to the fire. The point is, is that the fire is surrounded by shahawat. Desires. A person following their, their vain and their lonely desires. This is what the fire is surrounded by. Typically, the following of desires. Is there any difficulty, any su'uba in following desires? No. There's no, there's no difficulty in following desires. Typically. Right? Not lowering the gaze. Is that hard? That you don't lower your gaze? No, if you see something you like, it's easy to keep looking at it, correct? But if you see something you like and you avert your, your vision from it, that requires strength. That requires effort. Because it's not that you don't want to look at it. It's you have chosen not to look at it because you have chosen to strive to obey your Lord and to seek what is pleasurable from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in that moment in that instant in that situation so that may require from you what strength it's difficult you look at it it's also you gotta turn away and you gotta fight yourself not to look back effort right jihad the jihad against yourself the jihad against the evil of your soul struggling against the evil of your soul is 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 incumbent 
and it is vital, it is necessary. This hadith here shows us that entering into the Jannah and staying away from the fire is an affair that has in it difficulty. And the Prophet ﷺ, as he tells us here in his hadith of Mu'av, it is that which will be easy upon the one whom Allah Ta'ala makes it easy for. And if nothing else, or in addition to some other things, let that be your takeaway. To strive to do what is right and to constantly beg Allah to give you success and to make it easy upon you. That is the way towards true and ultimate success. As the Prophet ﷺ, he pointed out here in this hadith. And that concept is a concept that will benefit you in this world and in the next. Now, so I want you to contemplate, and I'll leave that as homework, but to contemplate on this concept and how if applied even in worldly affairs will benefit you. Now, because as the ulama they mentioned, a benefit in shooting for the hereafter is that by default, you're going to get some things from the dunya that wasn't even your target. It wasn't your goal. Your goal was for the akhirah. But because it get to the akhirah, you got to pass through the dunya, you're going to get some dunya that you wasn't necessarily shooting for because it in pursuit of that which comes after it. Now, whereas those individuals who their main objective, goal, and aim is this dunya, then they shoot for the dunya and they have nothing that will come after it because that wasn't their aim and their goal anyway. So they might get something from this dunya or they might not, but they don't get anything from the hereafter because all they wanted was this world. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us of those whom he gives the tawfiq to. And we ask Allah ta'ala makes it easy upon us and gives us the tawfiq and showing, showing us what is correct give us the tawfiq that he blesses us to implement and do that which is correct and that he gives us the tawfiq the success and that he makes us consistent upon that which is correct until death comes and that we meet him and he is pleased with us fa'natafi bihad al-qadr ala muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in wa jazakum khayra